Hi, my name is Megan Smalley, and I'm with Recycling Today magazine. Welcome to the Fresh Perspective podcast. I'm here today with Ike Shapiro, who is an owner and secretary and treasurer at Austin Metal and Iron Company. The company operates two yards in the Austin, Texas area, where it offers metal processing services and container services. Ike has been in his current position at his family's company for about nine years. He received a bachelor's degree in finance from the University of Texas Tech. Throughout his career, he's also helped to serve on the board for the Institute of Scrap Recycling Industries. He also helps out with the local Little League board in his spare time. Thanks for coming on the show today, Ike. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So to start things off here, could you tell me a little bit about what it's like to work at Austin Metal and Iron and what you specifically do for the company? To kind of tell you a little bit about what I do here, I think it's best to understand what size yard we are. I think, you know, breaking out scrap yards into small, medium, and large is a pretty good way to understand, and that really kind of dictates what kind of responsibilities you have. And I would put our yard in the medium category, which is there's definitely guys out there bigger than us, but there's also guys out there smaller than us. We're the uh, we're on the higher end of the medium-sized yard where we're shipping straight to all end consumers, not going through middlemen or anything or selling to other scrap yards. When you fall into that category but you're not a large yard, you kind of, as an owner, you do a little bit of everything. And it's literally it's a day-to-day deal, which is one of the things I love about what I do. I'm, a, you know, everything from setting prices to selling material to running our HR department to figuring out what kind of retirement plan we have for our employees and myself. So really to answer the question, I guess it's a little bit of everything just depending on the day. Got it. And how many people are working for the company? How old is the company? We are 35 employees and we are about to start our 107th year in business. That's a long time. And how many generations of the family have worked at the business so far? So we're currently on our fourth generation, so me and my brother would be uh, fourth generation owners, and our dad, who is a third generation owner, is still very involved with the company. Awesome. And just to give a picture of what you do outside the scrap industry, what are some things that you like to do in your spare time, and are you involved in the community as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say the thing that takes up most of my time is definitely my three boys. I got a 7, 9, and 11-year-old who are playing every sport out there that you can play, and it seems like I end up coaching uh, at least a couple of them in every sport, which is definitely time-consuming but absolutely fun, rewarding thing to do. Uh, You said it in the intro, but I'm also the – president-elect of our local Little League here, which is, has over a 1,000 kids. And to be honest, that's kind of turned into a full-time job. So I'm hoping to uh, wrap up my term here in the next year and hand that torch off to somebody else. <laughs> and I say that. I love doing what I do with it. But it's a, it's a very time-consuming uh, role outside of my normal day-to-day job. Got it. Now, earlier this summer, our team had the opportunity to visit your yard in Austin, and you mentioned that you knew from an early age that you wanted to work in the family scrap business. So when was it exactly that you decided you wanted to continue working at the business? You know, I don't know if there was like one aha moment that I had where it was like, I mean, this is without a doubt what I want to do. It was just, 
it was kind of more a love at first sight. See, I know I'm the youngest of four siblings, and my dad put us all to work down here starting about the sixth grade during, you know, spring breaks, winter breaks, summer breaks, and they weren't glorious jobs that he put us on And at that young of an age. I mean, it was shoveling cans, busting, you know, sweeping out trailers, painting boxes, and I don't know what it is. You just either kind of love it or you don't, and it's pretty funny. Our middle brother who is a lawyer in town, I mean, I can remember him telling me he can't wait till he gets old enough to go get a real job, and I was like, what are you talking about? I just I love it down here. I love the environment, and I'm loved everything about it so i'd say really from the get-go i just realized that's what i fell in love with and wanted to be a part of it got it and besides working for the family business did you ever work outside the family business for a little bit i did you know starting uh, i guess it was about my junior year of high school my dad told us that uh or told me that he, I could no longer work down here, and it was time for me to go through the interview process and get a job with somebody else. And then post-college, I actually tried to get in the scrap business, in the recycling business, and it would have been this January of '04 when I graduated college. And the industry was not doing real good then, and I didn't have any success finding a job, so I actually ended up taking a job in the banking industry for a year, which, uh, you know, looking back on was probably one of the, at the time I was so bummed I couldn't find a job in the recycling industry, but that one year spent in the banking industry was a very good life lessons learned there, and seeing the financials of other companies, and seeing how and why other companies failed, and it, it was a great learning experience, although I did not enjoy wearing the, the suit and tie and sitting at a desk every day. <laughs> But it was a good learning learning lesson. Got it. And when you were working in the banking industry, did you initially apply to work in the banking industry, or had you applied for other jobs outside of that, and that was kind of a last resort for you? You know, really, I kind of had all my eggs in one basket, which was the scrap metal industry. And then when that didn't pan out, having a finance degree was kind of – the natural fit with some form of banking and I had some friends in the banking business and kind of led me to uh to get a job with uh Plains Capital Bank which is where I was working in Dallas for a year. Got it and are there any lessons that you still use from that experience today? Definitely um I mean like I said you know the working in the banking industry I mean I saw the companies that succeeded I saw the companies that failed and seeing, you know, all their financials and paperwork, all this, all their information was, it, it was vital. And I mean, learning how and what mistakes people were making and what what caused the downturn of their company. So that is definitely lessons I, I learned today. But, you know, it's pretty funny. But uh, my first job in high school outside of the family business was I worked at Bed Bath and & Beyond. And you know, my dad always had this saying to us, there's no such thing as a menial job. There's there's good life lessons to be learned with every job you ever have. And if it's cleaning the bathroom, there's something to be learned there. And I remember just thinking, like, man, he's crazy. What is he talking about? You know, I'm, at, I'm 17, 18 years old in high school working at Bed Bath & Beyond. And the thing that they really taught me there that was an awesome experience looking back or learning experience was – 
my job there was to sell pots and pans and the steak knives. And the first day at work, I didn't spend any time in my actual department that was going to be my main my main job there. And I was so confused why they'd send me around the whole store, and I'll never forget my boss coming up to me at the end of the day, and he's like, I bet you're a little confused on what, what was going on today, why you, you didn't spend any time in your area. And I'm like, yeah, why is that? And he's like, to be good at what you do, you have to learn the whole entire company. Do you not think that there's not going to be a customer walk through here that doesn't ask you a question about another department? And, I mean, that became very clear and evident and so important, and I think it's the number one thing in the recycling industry that I see the successful guys and the guys who struggle more is you got to know how to do everything. I mean, I can run every piece of equipment we have here to all of our machinery, our balers, and everything. And to be good uh, sitting behind a desk, and you have to be and have knowledge on what's going on outside and what it takes to get things done. And that's where I started in this industry was working outside for a, for over a year, which was a although not a lot of fun at times, it was a great great lesson learned, and I think has definitely helped make me a more successful uh, manager. That's awesome. Now, with, you know, your current position, you work with a lot of family members, I'm sure, at Austin Metal and Iron. How many people are currently working at Austin Metal and Iron who are part of the Shapiro family? And also, what's it like working with family on a day-to-day basis? So, including myself, there's three of us. It's my dad, my brother, and myself. Our mom makes it down here quite a bit, and she's brings lunch and stuff, so that's a lot of fun, but she's not really involved with the actual company, the day-to-day, and uh, it's a really good, fun, or interesting question that makes me laugh thinking back to it, because I worked in Houston for another recycling company, Allied Alloys, for eight and a half years, and um, when we, my dad and brother recruited me back to come to Austin, you know, I guess I was young and naive and i never really thought about the family about the family dynamics of working together every day and that became very evident on day one and i'll never forget we they said okay there's room for me to come down here and we start talking about pay and i'm sitting there negotiating with my dad which was very strange (laughs) a lot different than going and interviewing with other people which i had done several times in houston and when people were trying to hire me, it, it's a whole different interview process when it's your dad, because at the end of the day, we're here to make money, and we got a company to run, although father-son relationship, it's all about, we got to keep this company going, and we feel the pressure, I definitely feel the pressure to keep a 106-year-old family business going and keep it moving to the next generations. So to, I guess, answer the question, it's it's honestly the greatest thing in the world when it works, and Luckily for us, it works. My brother and dad and I have an awesome relationship. Of course, we don't agree on everything, but that's what I think uh, makes healthy partners and it makes for a healthy company. But um, I can definitely see how if people didn't get along, you know, a family business can tear a, a family apart outside of the company. Got it. And do you have any tips for how you work through any of those disagreements that you have with your brother and father? You know, the tips I would say is, and I mean, I guess this goes for really no matter who you're dealing with, you got to be flexible. I mean, it, it's a partnership. You know, this isn't a dictatorship. I don't own 100% of the company, and 
even if I did, I don't think it's healthy to have one person making all the decisions, that, you know, because the more heads we put together, there's a lot of thoughts and ideas that come come to fruition that other people uh, th- thought about that I didn't think about. So really just being flexible and realizing, you know, you got to talk things through and when disagreements come about, you got to be able to bury the hatchet and get over it and move on to the next deal. Got it. Now, what's the community like that Austin Metal and Iron works in? Are you actually in the city or are you just close by? Yeah, we're in, uh, we're basically in downtown Austin. I don't know how familiar you are with uh, Austin, but we're just east of I-35 in uh, downtown and uh, the community we work in is definitely changing. You know, when I started here nine years ago and when I was down here as a kid, I mean, this was a little industrial park down here. There were other recycling plants, a couple manufacturers, and now we're surrounded by condos, bars, hotels, uh, Whole Foods, Targets, and so it's definitely changing around here, which is a lot of fun, and I guess it's the only thing that uh, a 106-year-old uh, scrapyard could, could do is be in the middle of a downtown of a big city. So it's a lot of fun, although it's definitely making our life a little bit more challenging running a scrapyard in downtown Austin, but it is a lot of fun working downtown, I'll say that. And is there anything else new going on at Austin Metal and Iron in 2020? You know, I'd say the newest thing we got going on, which uh, we mentioned in the article when you guys were down here however many months ago that was, is our brokerage company, our copper brokerage company, uh, which is definitely been a lot of fun and just kind of a new twist to our to what we do down here and something that we haven't ever done before and have a great relationship with these guys mark and ben and really enjoying that that new that new partnership and business that we started a year ago so looking forward to that growing and being a part of that in 2020 right so i'm also curious you know, you've been in the industry for a little while. What are some challenges that you faced in your career, and how have you overcome them? You know, the biggest challenge I would say I've faced in my career is definitely the fall of 2008, September 2008. It was, it was. Uh, I mean, looking back, such a great learning lesson. We went from the highest of highs from 06, 07 to really almost all of 08, how great business was to how terrible it Overnight with the financial crisis, and even that spilled into 2009. So, I mean, that was definitely the biggest life lesson learned there since I've been in the scrap business. Is it's not a matter of if, but just when that really rainy day's coming. So you got to be prepared for it. And I guess the old saying's true. You know, a bird in hand is better than two in the bush because doing what we do and handling commodities, it's there's a lot of risk in, uh, that people do, and they buy and hold things and hold things. So I'd say the biggest lesson I took from that was, you know, you just got to keep metal flowing because you never know what tomorrow's markets are going to bring. Got it. And now commodity markets have been pretty tough for ferrous and non-ferrous metals this past year as well, kind of like 2008. So how has Austin Metal and Iron been working to kind of persevere through the current market conditions? You know, the biggest thing I'd say we've done is we definitely have to change 
several of our packages that we make to fit the new consumers that they're going to. Being such an old company, I mean, I don't know if this is the best way to say it, but maybe we almost became complacent on who we were selling to because of great long-term relationships. And that really changed a year ago with with how how much our industry's changed as far as the consumers and what and where you can send things to in this world. So uh, we really had to, you know, shake the trees and find some new consumers and change uh, a couple of our packages on how we put things together and do things. And uh, we're able to uh, to uh, make our way through these crazy times that we're in. Got it. And besides the commodity markets, what do you see as some of the biggest issues impacting the industry today, and why would you say that is? You know, without a doubt, I would say the biggest issues facing our industry today are the prices of material. Um, we talk all the time, and we actually have on a wall of our at our in our office prices of what my great granddad was selling material for in 1930, 1940s, and the 50s and 60s, and it's pretty interesting to see the different prices and how they've changed. And we've been talking about it the last year, just as cheap as certain items have gotten, especially the aluminums and the irons. The cost of doing business in the year 2019 has just gotten so expensive, you can't go back to the old prices and and make any money. I mean, it's it's you're fighting an uphill battle, and that, that's the biggest concern, which is completely out of our control, is the prices have to be to a level where we can make money because our fixed costs have just gotten so expensive in in the current year. I mean, from the property taxes to just liability insurance and what it, you know, to keep good employees here and happy for the long haul and, and retirement plans and everything you have to offer, which is all great and I love every bit of it. It's just you can't have cheap prices on commodities and cover all your monthly nuts. It just doesn't work like that. So that, I would say, is definitely the uh, biggest uh, hurdle for us or issue that scares me the most. That's something out of our control. Got it. And looking ahead, where do you see the industry heading in the next couple of years? Man, that's a that's a really good question. That's I, I changing, I guess, would be the way to say it. You know, I feel like I say this a lot or have said this a lot in our industry, but I mean, it, it's been a crazy, crazy year, or even really two years from, I think one thing that doesn't get talked about a lot, you know, just when I'm talking to my friends in the industry, everyone talks about the tariffs and how that's changed our business, uh, which it has, but there were things going on before we ever really talked about tariffs. You know, China was changing what they would take. So there's a lot of changes coming. I mean, I'll say I have no idea if things continue to change or if it goes back to how it used to be as far as the markets go, but things are definitely going to continue to change in our industry, which is scary and fun all at the same time. Awesome. Well, thanks very much for coming on the show today, Ike. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.